What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to talk briefly about the new playoff news. If you love the pod, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Send me an email, Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Tweet at me at Big Ten Football Talk Podcast on Twitter. Also, Big Ten Football Talk on Instagram. We will do week two picks later this week. Although I, I will be very honest, it will be it it won't be a ton of actual analysis, if I'm honest, because most games should be blowouts. I'll I'll pick out some interesting nuggets here and there. But if you look at the rundown of the games. It's honestly not a very compelling slate. It's not a very compelling slate for the next two weeks. And so I'll I'll probably – I'm not going to do score predictions for a lot of them because honestly a lot of my score predictions are going to be like 55 to 10 and 40, 45 to 3. And in the case of Iowa, like 8 to, to, eight to 5. I don't know. They, they're – I was playing Iowa State, so that's actually a game I'm going to pick next week. But I mean, just to just to give you some idea of what next week holds, uh, or this Saturday holds rather for for Week Two in the Big Ten and even nationally, I'll, I'll give you the Big Ten first. You got Ohio State, Arkansas State, Minnesota, Western Illinois, Duke Northwestern could be interesting. Ohio, Ohio, and Penn State, uh, Washington State, Wisconsin. That's kind of interesting. Maryland at Charlotte. Why on earth is Maryland traveling to Charlotte? I have no idea. Charlotte's zero two, by the way. Akron versus Michigan State. They're thirty four and a half point favorites. I, so I, there's honestly four games in the Big Ten that I think are interesting. Illinois-Virginia, Iowa-Iowa State, that's a rivalry game. Wisconsin-Washington State and Northwestern-Duke. I do think there is a little intrigue with Ohio State-Arkansas State just because a former Ohio State running back plays for Arkansas State and they have James Blackman, who's the former Florida State starting quarterback. So, like, they got they got a couple of guys that used to play for Power 5 programs. Probably won't be close after the first 20 minutes, but that that's what we're picking from. And the next week ain't too much better. So we will do picks. Definitely listen to the picks, but I, I'll probably talk a little bit more about the national landscape uh, next or for, for this upcoming week and, and where different teams fit in. Um, let's talk about the playoff. The playoff news kind of hit late last week. I wanted to get a podcast out, but just with everything going on, I was like, there, there's just not enough time. I'll get to it later. And it gave me some time to think. So the the news is that effective, um, not immediately, but like they have decided unanimously that they will expand the playoff from four teams to 12 teams. And the way it's going to work is six Six teams will be selected as automatic qualifiers. Uh, it's the top six conference champions. Uh, 
And then the other six teams are the top six at-large teams. So that's kind of the 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 way it's going to work. So your top six, which means at least one group of five um, team will make it every year, sometimes multiple, and six at-large teams. So I guess the college football playoff committee would pick, would rank the teams like they do now, and the top six would get in. There's not a lot of information beyond that, except that they're thinking they want to try to get it as soon as possible, either 2024 or 2025, maybe 2026. But it's it's happening, and it's happening sooner rather than later. And so I think that's exciting. I think it's big news. I think, again, a lot of details haven't been hashed out. But my guess is what will happen is that they'll probably keep the semifinals and the championship game format like it is now, where the semifinals will be bowl games and the championship game will be at a neutral site in a big city that that's it, that's similar to a Super Bowl kind of a deal. And then the first and second rounds would be hosted at the home Team at the at the higher seeds home stadium, so you would get and the first four seeds, which I believe all would be conference champions, would get buys. So there's incentive for being a conference champion, and there's incentive in being ranked in the top four, and then there's incentive being ranked in the five through eight. So the first four teams would get a buy. So five, six, seven, and eight would all get a home playoff game. And then the next round, which would be the second round, the the top four seeds would get a home playoff game. I believe that's what, what is being passed around there, although nothing has been confirmed in terms of that format. Um so yeah, it's exciting. Let me let me share a few thoughts. First, first of all, I think it's not my favorite playoff system, but I think it's probably the best that's been proposed without completely collapsing the sport and, and reforming it. Um, I think it's, it's probably the best iteration, although with conference realignment, I'm not so sure it's, it's going to get imploded within the next 10 years anyway. Just there's a lot of moving pieces. And so this, even with the the reality that the big 10 and the sec are kind of positioning themselves to be the two power conferences in in all of college football, I, I wonder just how long this system is going to work. So I, I loved this idea a lot more six months ago. I'm just being honest because before that, USC and UCLA were still in the Pac-12. Honestly, the system would have been a lot greater before we found out about Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. And so there, it does, it does make things a little bit more complicated in that a lot of power teams, it, it, a lot of power teams are going to the power conferences and they're going to have to fight for at-large bids now. So that, that's one one thing. I I don't 
love it as much in the wake of all the conference realignment. But I still like the idea of automatic qualifiers. I still like the idea of the top six. I, I think if I had my druthers, I'd, I'd just say 10 automatic qualifiers. But with the again, with the way conference realignment's going, it doesn't make sense. Here, here are my the drawbacks besides the conference realignment stuff kind of messing things up. I do think there are some drawbacks, in especially early. There's just going to be a lot of blowouts. You know, if you look at who would have made the playoff the past several years, you know, I think it was back in 2020, you would have had no Pac-12 champion in because both Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina were ranked higher. And listen, Cincinnati held their own against Georgia, and they, you know, they didn't get blown off the field by Alabama. I, I don't think Alabama was necessarily trying to blow them out. I think they, they were content just to stop them and run run the ball and, and kind of kill the clock. But, you know, Cincinnati was not terrible in either of those games. In 2020, they played Georgia. 2021, you know, they played Alabama tough. Coastal Carolina would have gotten beat like 70 to nothing by Notre Dame. Like it, it would not have been a close matchup for for Coastal Carolina. Uh, there are other teams that were in there. It would have gotten in there. Indiana would have gotten in. They got smoked by Tennessee. I can't imagine them facing Alabama. So, I th- there are some teams that would get in that you know they would get blown out just based on what we saw with them against other teams. So like it doesn't solve the entertaining games, particularly as you get further into the playoffs. I think you could get some really good five, 12 matchups, some really fun eight, nine matchups. Uh, I think rarely you'll get like a 12 seed that could really compete with the top four, but that that's part of the drawback is you're going to have a lot of blowouts, especially early. So that's one problem. I think the second problem is that you're you're guaranteeing that you're going to, like even if one of the top teams has a blemish, you're essentially giving them a free ride into the top four at some point. Because like think about it, even last year, you know, Ohio State's left out, but... You know, if if Michigan and Ohio State play again, you know, how does that game turn out? I still think Michigan probably wins, but you know, your, Ohio State gets into the playoff on a down year. Um, Alabama in twenty nineteen would have got, I think, would have gotten in. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have gotten in. Georgia would have gotten in, I think, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Alabama would have gotten in because they went ten and two. Um, they might have just been out, but like uh, other power teams would have easier access to get in. And then if they become a monster later in the year and then get to the playoff, they are now able to win the championship. So it, the, the, the stakes aren't as high in the regular season. That That's a drawback. Um, and I think there's player safety. Um, if you make the championship, say you make the championship game as a five seed and you're a conference champion, like you're talking about a an 18 game season if they don't reduce the amount of games. So I don't 
I, I think at some point they're they're going to come out and say we kill at least one non-conference game, which would be good. Like honestly, because who needs Ohio State, Arkansas State, or you know USC Rice? No offense to Rice or Arkansas State, but like, do we really need those games? Like, I don't I don't think so. So yeah, I I think there's some good, like I I think that will force a good move in the future. But right now there's, there's nothing to be said for that. And so I think that's a, that is a player safety issue, especially when you're ending the season, like say you, you're the five seed, you play a, tw- the, a top 12 team, and then you are getting the number four team in the country. Say you beat them, then you're probably playing the number one seed and like you're you're just you're racking up game after game with a lot of physicality and then that's your 15th 16th 17th 18th game after a conference championship like that's like imagine like say the big 10 champion is uh Wisconsin or Penn State I'll say Penn State and Penn State plays uh See what's a good mid team like Notre Dame. They play Notre Dame as the 12 seed, and then they beat Notre Dame, and then they have to play Clemson, and they beat Clemson, and then you got to play Alabama, and they got to play um, USC. Like that'd be fun. That'd be really cool. But like, and then that's after they played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Like that's a that's murderer's row, and that's game after game after game. Like you're going to have a lot of people hurt probably after that, or at least just beat down and worn down. So I think that's, that's, that's a a concern. A real concern is the amount of games. Do they space some of those games out? So you have more time to recover. So those are, those are, I think some of the drawbacks of it. I think the benefits though, outweigh some of the costs. So for one, this really benefits the Big Ten. It really benefits the Big Ten. I, I I went through and just saw which teams would have made the playoff that didn't make it if we went to a 12-team system. So in 2014, Ohio State already made it. Michigan State also would have been in the playoff. In 2015, uh. Michigan State made the playoff. They were the Big Ten champs. Iowa and Ohio State would have gotten in. Ohio State might have might have made some real serious hay in that playoff, by the way. So 2015, uh, yeah, it would have I, that, that could have been a really good year for Ohio State to have a 12-team playoff. Uh, Iowa probably would have gotten decimated because they got destroyed by Christian McCaffrey. Um but I mean that's that again, you're gonna have that in a twelve team playoff. Twenty sixteen, Penn State would have gotten in as the Big Ten champ. Michigan would have gotten in. Wisconsin would have gotten in. And granted, Michigan struggled against Florida State, but they probably were good enough to win a playoff game. W- Wisconsin, probably not as much. But like it they would have at least had a really good representation representation 
four teams from the Big Ten would have made the playoff that year. In 2017, no Big Ten teams were in the playoff. Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State all would have made it. In 2018, no Big Ten team made the playoff. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State all would have made it. In 2019, Ohio State made the playoff. Wisconsin and Penn State also would have made the playoff. And in 2020, I, I said this already, Indiana would have made the playoff. They would have gotten crushed. But could you imagine like the, the hype behind Indiana getting in? Like It would have been a boon for recruiting. Because like Indiana, Indiana didn't just make a good bowl game. They made the playoff. And then last year, Ohio State, Michigan State, both would have made it. And so more access really benefits the Big Ten. And that, that kind of leads to the second point is that if you have access to the playoff, the first few years, it's, it's, not, gonna, it's not necessarily going to help you with recruiting initially. But if you have access, I think it really does give opportunities to more players for more national stages and to, to say, hey, I could win a championship somewhere other than Alabama, somewhere other than Clemson, somewhere other than Ohio State, somewhere other than Georgia. And now granted, NIL and the transfer portal right now, I think that you need to add regulation to those things because right now all the power programs have the best NIL, NIL collectives, which it's not really NIL at that point. You're just paying, you're, you're finding ways to pay players through endorsement deals. Like that's what you're doing. You're essentially signing players to contracts through third parties. That's not the spirit of NIL. That's terrible. That there needs to be regulation with that. And everybody's, I mean, even Ohio State, who I love, they have the NIL collective, which I think they're trying to quote unquote do it the right way. It's not the right way. It's not legal, but also the NCAA doesn't care because they're the NCAA. So they, they have to add regulations to that. But like if if like honestly, the if you think about the, the four team playoff. Why does Ohio State get all the best recruits in the Big Ten? Or at least most of the best recruits in the Big Ten? Because they they either get to the playoff or they are guarding the door to the playoff. Like only two other teams in the Big Ten have made the playoff, and both of them had to go through Ohio State. Like that's 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 the reality. In the Big Ten, and really in the North, it's Ohio State, and that's it. Like Notre Dame. And Ohio State just faced off, and they were playing really, I think, for a playoff spot. Now, I, I still think Notre Dame can get there, but it, it's going to be tough. If they beat Ohio State, it would have been a lot, a, a lot easier for them. Now, you don't have to beat Ohio State to get to the playoff. You can be eleven and one and lose to Ohio State. You can be ten and two and lose to Ohio State and Michigan. Like you, there's there's a lot of possibility now, and like even in, in just the exercise I just talked about, you had, I think six different programs who could have made the playoff in the Big Ten. You had Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Indiana, 
Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's seven teams. That's half the Big Ten over the past eight years would have made the playoff. And so now all of a sudden, you really start to see, you know, oh, wow, like I could go and be great at, at my home state in, in Maryland and possibly make the playoff and become a national name. And so I think it'll take time, but I do think teams will start to benefit from that. And I think – I still think it's going to be a while for Ohio State, Bama, Georgia to kind of kind of come down to the rest of the pack. But I think the other thing that combines with that, Saban – you know, Nick Saban is starting to get older. He's 70. So I think – I'm not saying his recruiting is going to drop off yet – but you start to get older, it starts to get harder. So I think that is a reality. Um, I think Ohio State isn't dominant enough to stay on top, especially with more access. So maybe Georgia becomes the team that everybody has to beat every year. But other than that, like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I just think, I think this really opens up opportunities. And not just in the Big Ten, but nationally. So I think that's a real benefit. I really do. I I think um the the other the, the last thing that I think is really great is I think it increases the likelihood that we'll have more frequent big non-conference games. Cuz the reality is right now if you don't play anybody tough in the non-conference and you play in a weak conference, you can cruise to the playoff. Like 2019, and look, 2019, Ohio State played, I think, some tougher teams. You know, they, they played, I think, three or four top 25 teams. So, like, they didn't have a weak schedule, but their, their most difficult non-conference opponent was Cincinnati. And they just kind of waltzed into the playoff. Well, and... I think Ohio State tries to schedule tough, but honestly, like, why would you schedule? I, I don't understand why you would schedule hard if there's really not a lot of incentive. Well, now there's incentive to schedule hard because if you lose a tough game, it's not going to get counted against you all that much as an at large. So Ohio State could schedule, I, I think, one of their schedules in like, three or four years is like uh, Texas and Washington uh, in the same year, plus a full Big Ten schedule. It's like, that's an awesome schedule. I want to see that because I want to see them go up against the best teams. And like, I want to see Ohio State play Notre Dame once every five to six years, which if they join the Big Ten – they would. They'd actually play more frequently than that. Join the Big Ten, Notre Dame. So I I think there's a lot of benefit to it. I think that lastly, I think it does help fix the postseason problem, at least to some degree. I still think you have the bowl system. I think you still utilize the bowl system for, you know, the New Year's Six, the semifinals. Um, and maybe you have exhibition games with uh with the losers like have a losers bracket or something 
uh, they not an actual bracket, but like one-offs with the the losing teams where they go to the the bigger bowl games. Um, but I think you start the postseason earlier, so it's not first weekend in December is the conference championship games, and then nothing for like three weeks. But instead, conference championship game bye week, or uh, yeah, not maybe not bye week. First round, second round. Semifinals, championship game. Like, and at that point, you have the semifinals, like New Year's Day, you know, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, whatever. I, I, to be honest, I hate New Year, the New Year's Eve ones. I think they should keep it New Year's Day or January 2nd, but I don't make the big bucks. But I think it helps that. And then I think you keep, you keep teams engaged, like you keep players engaged. You, more teams will not have players opt out. Which, honestly, opt-outs, like, it, at that point, you're just like, why are we doing these bowl games? Like, this is dumb. Like, the Rose Bowl, which is the most prestigious bowl game, you had, like, several Ohio State Buckeyes opt out. And half of them, like, one wasn't even drafted. It's like, guys, it, it's not first-rounders anymore. It's guys who are fringe NFL draft picks that are opting out of these games. Like, at one point, you have to be told that this is irrelevant. Like, this is the Rose Bowl. Like, the Rose Bowl is the premier bowl game, and you've got an undrafted guy opting out. So, like, this, this is... This is the thing that I think... And Kirk Herbstreit alluded to it in the... um. ESPN when this was announced is like college football has the best regular season and the worst postseason. And I agree with him because, you know, players are opting out. And quite honestly, I don't blame them. It's like, why, why play? You're getting ready for the NFL. Like why do it? Oh, for the love of the game. Sure. Okay. But also like, Guys have gotten hurt in bowl games and then lose their career. So actually make it matter. Like the Rose Bowl doesn't matter anymore, not with the playoff. And I, I get traditionalists will get mad at me for saying this, and I love tradition. I love the Rose Bowl. But at the end of the day, what, what are the players actually playing for? So that the AP voters can rank them a couple spots higher? Like, that's dumb. Like, have more teams compete for a championship. It'll make the sport better. And before people, you know, I, you know, going back to my original point where you'll have more blowouts initially, maybe you'll always have more blowouts. I don't know. But I think if you reduce the amount of time that, that teams have off, and I think if you give more access, I think you're going to spread more talent around. Maybe I'm wrong, and I don't mind being told I'm wrong, but I think that's just I'm, – I'm excited about what could be. Maybe it doesn't transpire. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. So b- real quick, before I sign off here, I want to c- tackle one other thing, and that's the the smoke about Oregon coming to the Big Ten. Real quick, I 
I understand why Oregon is being talked to. I really hope, unless if they get Notre Dame and like they're getting Notre Dame and Oregon, which Notre Dame and Oregon doesn't even make sense. Like Oregon's Oregon doesn't add anything. Like, sorry, if you're a Duck fan and you're listening to this and you're like, what do you mean they don't add anything? What TV market do they add? Nothing. And listen, Oregon is a decent program. They're decent. They're good. They've made the playoff a couple. They made a BCS game and they made the playoff once each. Um, like their their flash and pizzazz. Like no offense, they don't add much. It it looks sexy on paper, but it's it's. I don't know. Like Oregon traditionally hasn't been very good. They like they're the new hotness, except. They just got smoked by Oregon or by Georgia. And then, you know, they, they had their moment where they were in line to get a playoff bid and they got smoked by Utah not once but twice. So, like, I get it. Oregon is is fun and they've got flashy uniforms and they get all the money from Phil Knight and Nike and that's cool. Okay, like they're meh. Like I'd actually prefer Washington over Oregon. Because at least Washington has more traditional clout. Oregon, and here's the thing, for Oregon to be good, they need to have California. And with USC coming to the Big Ten, with Lincoln Riley, with UCLA and Chip Kelly, I'm just not all that high on Oregon moving forward. So, like, I don't know. I... I get it. You want West Coast people for USC and UCLA if you want to keep expanding. I'd keep it at 16 unless a Notre Dame wants to join. That's just my two cents. Oregon Oregon doesn't move the needle. I, I get it. It sounds and looks cool. I get that. But, like, you're essentially adding, like, a Wisconsin caliber program. And that's no no shot at Wisconsin, but like if you're expanding and you want to increase revenue, like you already have a Wisconsin. Like you already have a, a you know, I think Penn State, maybe Penn State's a better comparison. Um, you already have a Penn State, and Penn State has a lot more clout. Like, sorry. I, we, you know, Oregon is nice. And, and by the way, Penn State has a lot more traditional clout too. Like they have more, they have much better alumni base, better fan base. Um, traditionally, they are a much better program than Oregon. So I, I just don't, I don't understand the smoke. Um, Washington, I understand a little bit more, but listen, if, if I'm Kevin Warren, I don't take another team until you get Notre Dame. Like, I don't see the need to expand further. Like, Washington has Seattle. That's a good mar- – that's a nice market. Oregon's got nobody. Like, they've got no TV market that, that's marketable that you're adding. So those are my thoughts on that. Uh, that was very short. Um, we'll be back later this week with the week two picks. Uh, so make sure to check that out. 
Uh, also, again, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe. Leave a review. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. So long. God bless.